Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Well, good morning, North Bible Church. Good to see you, North family. Um, first off, just happy nine-month anniversary. Uh, it was April 28th that the Allens touched down in Phoenix. And so it's been nine months with you guys here at North Bible Church, and we just want to say thank you. It's been so, so good. You guys have been such a blessing to us, and um, we're so glad to be part of your lives and uh, for you to be part of ours. So just, uh, it's been a great nine months. I want to thank you for that. I hope that one of the observations that you have made over the last nine months is just how much um, we love our family. And uh, hopefully one observation you've made is that for my wife, Rika, and ourselves, that we just want to make sure that our kids know, like, they're the most important people in the room. And so, uh, you know, look, I, I do not crush it as a, as a husband and dad all the time. You can talk to Rika, you can talk to Cruz, Isabel, Faith. They've got lots of examples where I have failed as a, as a husband and dad. Um, but I still strive to do well. But that's one area we've always really tried hard to work at is that Isabel and Faith and Cruz, especially in a ministry family context, will always know that they're the most important people in the room. That no matter how much we love or like the people around us, they have a unique access to us unlike anyone else. And so as much as I love you or like you, if if we're talking and one of my kids comes up and gives me a hug or has an important question, like, I just love them more than you. I'm just going to say it, all right? And, and we've always wanted them to know that they, they never had to have trepidation or fear of like, oh, you know, I'm going to annoy my parents. Or like, we've always wanted them to know that they're the most important person in the room and they have access to us that's unique. I don't know if, the, if we've done that well, but we've tried to. And I think what that does is it gives us a unique glimpse at God's heart and how he sees us as his children. That once we're in Christ, once that we have repented of our sins, Uh, We have believed in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We trust in his death on the cross. We trust in his resurrection for the forgiveness of sins, for the conquering of death and sin. Once you become a child of God through faith in Christ, we have a unique access to God as Father. And so I think when we look at our human relationships from parent to you know children as flawed as they are it does give us a glimpse of i think god's heart and how he wants us to know that we can always have a unique access to him and that we never have to be afraid of coming to him and asking of him that's what uh, we're going to talk about today asking of god in prayer like it's a reflex it's intuitive nobody ever has to teach us how to like come to God with our request. It's a pretty intuitive, natural response. I mean, we're just saying, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. Like, that's a lot of how our prayers are fashioned. Like, God, um, would you do this? God, this is my request I'm laying before you. Uh, That's the way we often pray. But as we've been going through this teaching series on prayer, what we're learning is it shouldn't be the only way we pray, right? Like sometimes we recognize that if all we do is come to God and all he is is this like heavenly vending machine, then all we're going to do is put in our prayer requests and pull the handle or push the buttons and hopefully what we ask for comes out. And just like if we've had those moments with real vending machines, like where you put the money in and like nothing happens. 
or, you know, and you and your sanctified self start to beat on the thing, you know, hoping for that cracker candy bar soda to pop out. Like, sometimes we get mad at God that way, right? Like, God, I put in my prayer request. Why, why didn't what I want come out? And we start to recognize prayer is so much more holistic than that. Do we praise God and thank God when we pray? Do we come to God in confession and repentance when we pray? But you know what? It's also okay to ask God. And we want to talk about that today as we continue in this prayer series. We've been going through this passage. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to get this over here real fast. Um, So open up to Matthew chapter 6. We've been in this passage of Scripture. A lot of times people know it as the Lord's Prayer. Um, You know, there's debate on that, whether this is the Lord's Prayer, because he didn't really pray this. He really said, you pray this, but he also didn't give us a mantra, a script, it's a model. He gave us a template, and we're to look at how he prayed, and there's nothing wrong with praying those words. We can pray those words all the time, but it's also a template for how we can pray and how we can approach God. So let's look at that passage again. It's Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Jesus said this, he said, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And as we've talked about the last few weeks, like we talked about what it looks like to have authentic prayer, and then we pulled out four themes from this very well-known passage. And so we really see four themes of prayer that if you put them together, they actually give us a good like template or guide in how we can come to God and pray. And so we see those four themes. There's the theme of praise, and they make the acronym P-R-A-Y, right? So how do you pray? Well, first you praise. You praise God and you thank God for who he is and for what he's done. And so we show gratitude. We show appreciation. We show exaltation and worship and adoration of God when we praise him. And then we looked at repentance. When we come in prayer, um, we don't want to come with like, uh, hidden, if you will, because he sees everything, but basically uh, the air needs to be cleared with God. We need to confess sins. And we need to come with repentance because we know that every day we think, act, um, you know, believe, have attitudes we shouldn't have. It really kind of clutters the relationship. And so when we confess those sins to God, it, it clears and increases our intimacy with God. And so we, we come and we, we repent. And, and then uh, the fourth one is to ask. We're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to answer three questions about how we can pray based on that asking concept. And then next week we're going to talk about yielding. And that's where we get that acronym, P-R-A-Y. It really is a game changer in your conversation with God if you start to pray this way. So let's pray. Let's dive into teaching. And what I'm going to do is as you pray, I'm just going to give you a minute. Just bow your head, close your eyes. I'm just going to give you a few seconds. Would you just come to God on your own? right now, and just in your own heart, just between you and him, would you praise him? Would you confess? And would you make whatever request you need today? What do you need from him this morning? Would you just take a few seconds and lay that before him? Father, a few seconds of silence can be so good for us. The silence, the the noise, the chirping and beeping of phones, cars, um, the sounds around us, Lord. It just 
gives us a breath to reflect on who you are. You're so awesome. You're almighty God. You hold everything in your hand. You're sovereign. And yet, you're intimate and loving. We can't even understand or fully comprehend why you love us the way you do, but we're so grateful you do. So God, we've done things, have said things, we've thought things. Uh, we've had great opportunities to glorify you and we chose not to do them. So God, we just ask for your forgiveness. Just confess that before you. Today, we ask that you would open our minds, our hearts, our eyes, our ears, that you would, through the power of your Holy Spirit, give us whatever we need to hear and understand today. And Lord, may it not just be information for our head knowledge, but may it truly be inspiration for our heart and our lives. May we leave here inspired and transformed to be more like Christ because of this time. And Lord, I pray for anyone here or online that does not have a relationship with you. They do not have a relationship with Jesus. They have not yet become your child through faith in Christ, that today would be one step closer or even the final step of them declaring faith in Jesus. And so we lay these things all before you in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. amen. All right, we're going to talk about asking God. And so the three questions I want to go over based on this text and some uh, verses that are going to spin off is this. Uh, three questions related to prayer. One, is it okay to approach God and ask? And of course the answer is Yes. Now brace yourself because I'm not going to just be in the text that we talked about. I'm going to be rapid firing multiple texts at you today to reinforce some of these understandings. And so is it okay to approach God with an ask? Yes. We see Jesus instruct us to do that in this model of prayer, right? And so go back to Matthew 6. Look at verses 11, 12, and 13. Jesus says, remember, he said, pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. So here Jesus is basically saying, yes, come and ask. You're being invited by the Father to come and bring your request before the Lord, trusting that he will do and act what's best and trusting that he will supply. And so God invites us to ask from him. Here's some other verses on that. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's clear. Like instead of freaking out, instead of getting all twisted up about something, it's like, well, let's pause here. And go, what, what do I need in this moment? What does my head need, my heart need, my life, my will, my family? And I'm going to bring my request before God. He invites us to do so. In Matthew 7, Jesus elaborates on asking, right? And he says in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who, what? What's it say? Asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who, what? Ask him. Now this is where we start to have a conflict, if we're going to be really transparent. Because we go like, God, I've asked you for something that I thought was good. I asked for a loved one to be healed. I asked for a job. I asked for whatever. And it's not that those asks were bad, 
But for whatever reason, God in his sovereignty goes, well, I might not give you what you want, when you want, how you want. And he's got the whole picture in his mind. Sometimes what you see as good, God goes, it's not that that's bad, but I know something better. I know that this hardship, this time of testing, this loss will actually bear bigger, better fruit in your life if I allow it than if I just take it away. And we, we understand that in our brains many times, but we wrestle with it in our hearts. But what we, what we get from this is God's posture toward us. He says, come, ask, come to me. I am your heavenly Father. Like, seek me, come to me, and ask. And I love the fact that, you know, we can go back to our human relationships between parent and child as flawed, and for some of us, seriously flawed as they've been. Like, for some of us, this becomes like, wait, I don't want God to be like my dad, absent, abusive, whatever. And we have to keep you know, refreshing our understanding. We're talking about the perfect father that would never abuse, that would never abandon. And so we have this perfect father who wants to give good gifts to his children, just like human parents want to give good gifts to their children. Uh, yesterday is a simple example. A lot of you know that Isabel, our oldest daughter, is at Grand Canyon University, and uh, she's in her second semester. She's been sharing like those little tiny refrigerators with like her roommates, like the one that you can put like one soda can in. You know what I'm talking about? And so, you know, she's been asking like, hey, mom and dad, you know, it'd be kind of nice to have a bigger fridge. We weren't like, oh, okay, fine. Like, yeah, we know you need one. And so it was so fun yesterday to go, and we got one of those, like, you know, it's not huge, but it's just bigger, you know, and go and deliver a refrigerator to our daughter. And then let's go to the store. Let's get some food. Like, so it's not just like, oh, look, it's a refrigerator, and there's nothing in it, right? Let's actually stock it up a little bit, put some food. Like, like what was joyful for that moment as Rick and I were, like, bebopping through the store with Isabel getting some stuff, and as we're in the dorm unpacking and putting, like, I had joy in my heart. Rika had joy in her heart as a parent to be able to bring something that brought meaning and help and assistance to our daughter. And it was a joy to watch her be like, oh, this is great, thank you. I can actually like, eat something in my dorm now besides just bag Fritos or whatever, you know? And so there was a mutual blessing and joy with that. That's how God sees you. That's how God wants you to understand the way he loves to give to his children and how we can be appreciative and responsive to how he gives to us. We can ask. In fact, in John 16, 24, Jesus said this. He says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. But there's a reality where sometimes we feel unworthy to come to God. We know our sin, we know our failures, we know our mistakes, and we go, I can't come to God. Or maybe we just take on that human mindset of like, I got this. I don't, I don't need God. God, if I'm ever in a pinch, then I'll reach out to you. Otherwise, I got it, I'll take care of it. Jesus is going, until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. Like zero, like come to me, ask, trust. See, see what I will do that you could never do on your own. He says something similar in John 14, verses 13 and 14. He says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, obviously, there's some common sense understanding with the word anything. Like, if you just say, God, just give me $4 million right now in my bank account. Like, that's, that's an extreme 
twisted understanding of anything, but it's the posture of trusting God and his provision that he will act and he will act in what's best. Uh, we have been the last 21 days in this little book called 21 Days of Breakthrough Prayer. By the way, if you're like, ah, today's my first day or my second time at North, I don't have this. We've got a few left over in a resource center. Just grab one and just read the next 21 days and jump in. But today's our last day of reading this book. And it was so good. And I love what was said this morning in its reading. It says, remember that God is a father who wants to listen to and answer his children. Of course we know this doesn't mean that everything we ever want is God's will for our lives. But it does mean that our prayers line up with his word and his will, he will answer them in his power and strength. I love that. That if our prayers line up with his word and his will, he will answer them in his power and his strength. And so yes, it's okay to ask God in prayer. He invites us to. We just don't only ask God in prayer. And when we ask God for help in our prayer, what we're doing is we're demonstrating our dependence on him rather than ourselves. And we're demonstrating our faith for him to provide. So we ask. We ask for his guidance. We ask for his wisdom. We ask for his strength. We ask for provision. We ask for healing. We ask for so much more. I love what Oswald Chambers says about this, a theologian and author. He said, prayer is not only asking but an attitude of mind which produces the atmosphere in which asking is perfectly natural. It's natural for a child to come to the parents and make requests. And when they do that, what's happening? The child is demonstrating that they believe their parents can do something about it. So when we come to God with our request, we're demonstrating our faith and belief that God can do something about whatever we're asking him for. And so it's good to ask. So question number one, is it okay to ask God? Yes. Question number two, what do we ask for? Like, is it just an unlimited list? Kind of, but not totally, right? But let's just look again what Jesus said, pray this way. When we look at what he prayed for, we see three requests. The first request we see him is for provision. For physical needs, look at verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. When he spoke of bread, he was speaking of literal bread in the sense of daily provisions. And so uh, I love what God says here. He says we can come to God asking for our daily bread, but that doesn't mean we ask God for our daily cake. Now, I think God, in his love and the way he lavishes his love on us, does like to give cake. But what happens is a lot of times we come to God saying, give us this day our daily cake instead of our daily bread. But he's promised to make good for our daily bread, our provisions, food, water, shelter, clothing, sustenance, everything that we need that is essential to life, that we depend on, we're asking God for. God, would you provide? Would you provide the emotional strength, the mental fortitude, the daily bread, the physical you know, uh, essentials that we need? Would you provide that? And so we have to make sure we have the discernment to go, when are we asking for cake, not bread? When are we asking for our wants rather than our needs? Or another theologian said it this way. He said, make sure that you're praying for your daily needs, not your daily greeds. That one stung. Because sometimes we're mad at God for not providing for our daily greeds, our daily wants, our daily cake. And then we say, well, he's, he's not there. He doesn't care. 
And so we have to make sure that we're understanding this is for our daily needs. So we ask for provision. Second, we ask for pardon. Now this is all that last week's sermon was about. So if you weren't here, you can go back online and listen or watch that. But our pardon is, look, verse 12, when he says, forgive us our debts. And so really, there's a, there's a, when we looked at last week about the need to repent and confess in prayer, it was really interacting with the second request that Jesus made in his prayer, is that asking for pardon, for forgiveness of sin. And so we come to God and we ask for forgiveness when we pray regularly. And the third um, thing we see Jesus pray for here was protection. Look at verse 13. He says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, let's make this clear. This is not teaching that God leads us to sin and hopes that we fail. God does not want us to sin. He doesn't tempt us to sin. In, in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 13 through 14, it says this, Let no one say when they are tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself, what are the next three words? Tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. So God does not sit in heaven and go like, I'm going to give them a temptation that they cannot resist. Just to see, like that's, that's not what's being taught here. And we have an interesting tension here because clearly God leads us to a place where we will be tested. God often allows or sometimes may even lead us to a place that will test our faithfulness, test our trust in Him. But it's never with the intent to watch us fail. It's an intent to watch us grow. And I don't know why, but this is the image that just pops into my mind. Like, as a parent with a child, there are times when you allow your child to leave. That first time you let them ride on the scooter down the block to a friend's house or to go get the mail. And like, this is a big journey for them. You know they can fall. You know they can get hurt. You know it can go bad somehow. They can get stung by a bee or just whatever. Is that your desire? No. But you know if they go out there and they venture alone, whatever difficulties, they get lost a little bit or whatever it is, it's good for them. It's building something in them. And so often when God leads you to a place of testing, it's because God is trying to build something in your life. And so this request deals with our daily battles of temptation and sin. There are multiple other ways to understand what Jesus is saying here. Allow us to be spared from difficult circumstances that would, uh, we would fail in. In fact, even in the original language, uh, deliver us from evil, it could be one of two things or both. Evil as in the evil one, like deliver us from Satan, from the devil who's laid traps. Would you deliver us from the one who's laying traps? Or deliver us from evil could be the actual traps. Deliver us from the traps that the evil one has set. Help me navigate those. Help me see them. Help me sense them. Help me avoid them. Deliver me from the day. Think about it. Every day we wake up and we go into a new day, there are traps set for us, right? There are traps coming to you as push notifications on your phone. There are interactions. There are people that drive a certain way on your way to or from work. There are certain people waiting for you at work. You might be the person, by the way. So let's be careful where we're pointing fingers. There's traps every day. There's that phone call. 
There's that news. All of those could become little traps of temptation that want to be triggered, grab us, and pull us down, and pull us away from God. And so how wise is it to say, Lord, today deliver me from evil, for the temptation that might grab me and pull me away from you. Now, I do want to clarify one thing. You won't ever see this in Scripture. It's like bring on the temptation. Bring on the traps. God, bring on the big temptations and then deliver me from it. You're not seeing that. There's pride in that. There's a little bit of like, I've got this in that. And so we're saying, God, help me get away from whatever's out there that would hurt or take me away from you. Don't let me fail. Don't let me abandon you if I'm faced with temptation. This is a raw cry for help. It's a recognition of our vulnerability. And we're asking God to help us where we're vulnerable. Let me ask you, where are you vulnerable? We're not going to, but right now, if we had the vulnerability and the courage to turn around to two or three people and say, where are you most vulnerable in your life to temptation and sin? And some of you are thinking, thank the Lord you're not going to have us turn and try to do that with people right now. But if you did, what would you say? Whatever comes to your mind is probably that one spot that would be a great way to daily pray, God, protect me from that. Don't let me fall into that trap. Deliver me from evil. And so when we look at the way Jesus prayed, he prayed for daily provisions so we can do the same. He, did, he prayed for pardon of sins so we know that's good. He prayed for protection. And so those are three of the many ways that we can pray when we pray. So can we pray? Yes. What are we to pray? Well, here's three great examples of what we can pray for. It's not an exhaustive list. Jesus didn't say only pray for these things, but these are three of the items he prayed for. And third question for today is, how are we to ask? This is not in the verses that we looked at. This is not in the text, but I do think there's a tone of it in the text. I think it's implied in the text. Jesus didn't say, when you pray, pray this way. Dear God, if you sort of kind of maybe pretty please think that it would be okay for you to, like, if you feel like it's sort of, you hear the uncertainty and the timidness? Now, Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. And then he laid it out there. There's courage. There's confidence. Just like we want our children to come up and go, hey, Mom and Dad, I've got a request of you. You know, and we all, we all see our kids do this. Sometimes they come with their heads down and their eyes. And all of a sudden, they, like, they, you know, say, Mom and Dad, can we, like, um, it's okay if I, like, you know, do this thing? Sometimes we do that with God, and sometimes it's like, well, why, why are we doing that? Is it because what we're asking for, maybe we shouldn't be? Is it because our faith isn't strong? Is it because we just feel weak and defeated, and we're just like, we've lost some trust? Like, why are we doing that? We don't want that. I don't think God wants that. He wants us to come with the confidence that he is God, he's our Father, we're going to lay the request before him courageously, boldly, and see what he does. That's, that's the way I think God wants us to pray. So we come to God with our request in faith and confidence. I'm going to rapid fire multiple verses to just reinforce this. Ready? Mark 11:24. 24. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Matthew 21, 22. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence 
that we have toward him, God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us whenever we ask. We know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us then with, what's the next word? Confidence. You didn't say that very confidently. Okay. Let us with draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help him in time of need. Ephesians 3.12, referring to Jesus Christ, says, in Jesus Christ in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. You starting to get the, the tone here? Uh, John 15.7 says, if you abide in me, Jesus says, and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. In James 1, verses 5 through 8, the specific target is wisdom, but I think we can apply this posture and this tone to the way we pray. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You guys picking up what I'm laying down? Fill in the blank. When we come to God, we can come with him with what? Confidence, Confidence, boldness, faith, trust, absolutely. The reason we're hesitant And the reason we struggle is because we've had some bad theology or some bad thinking and emotions get in the mix. So we've got the prosperity gospel, right? The prosperity gospel says God is there to serve you and make you happy. Whatever you desire, whatever earthly thing you want, God will give you if you ask. And so you ask for health and wealth and money and houses and cars and influence and all these things that ironically are not great in God's eyes, but they're great in man's eyes. Why are we asking for things that make us great in the eyes of man? What's great in the eyes of God? Humility, faithfulness, trustworthiness, right? Fruitfulness. If the prosperity gospel wanted truly what God wanted, they would pray for those things more. But they don't. It's a distortion. And by the way, you can't preach that fake gospel in other places of the world. You can only preach that prosperity gospel in places that have affluence and money. You can't preach that in the greatest places of poverty in the streets of India or in the little back alleys in in Asia or in the bombed out shell of the cities in the Middle East. They're not, that prosperity gospel is getting zero traction. I wonder why. And so we got to be cautious about that fake way. The other reason we look at these verses and struggle is we see words like anything, everything, all, ask, you will receive, faith, doubt. And so we go and we confidently ask God for the healing of someone. Something good, not something like, you know, distorted. We ask for something that we believe is good and it doesn't go down the way we hope. At that point, we lose faith. Is God listening? Does God care? But God, you said, in the same way, if, if, if we tell our kids, hey guys, I love you, I want the best for your life, make sure you come to mom and dad and ask for what you need. Well, if they show up and ask for something that's just like crazy big, we're obviously going to be like, eh, you know, we're, we're not doing that, you know. I would like a $4 million house for me and my friends to live in. 
well, sorry, honey, we're not doing that. But what if they ask for something good? But as a parent, we discern you're asking for a good thing, but it's not a good time. You're asking for a good thing, but we have more, more to the picture than you have. And what happens is how we deal with the way God answers isn't a revelation about God. It's a revelation about us. Let me say that again. The way we deal with disappointment in prayer is not a revelation about God and his character and his ability. It's about us and our trust and our dependency in God and how he answers. So what do we do when God doesn't answer the way we want? We're going to talk about that more next week. (laughs) But for now, we have every reason to go, I'm going to trust God and how he answers prayer. By the way, pop quiz, we've done this before. Pop quiz, true or false? God answers every prayer. What would you say? You guys are like so scared to answer. True or false? God answers every prayer. True. Some of you are going, he did not answer my prayer last week. Oh, he answered it. He might have just said no. Or wait. Or not now. So God answers every prayer. He just doesn't always answer every prayer the way we hope for. And when that happens, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to trust. But again, we'll talk more about that next week. But for now, we can boldly, confidently come before our almighty God and our faithful Father, and we can pray believing he hears. We can pray believing he cares. We can pray for miracles. We can pray for his power over our fears and worries and obstacles. We can pray for his sovereignty and wisdom. We can pray believing our praise matter and make a difference. We can pray knowing he always answers, even if the answer isn't what we want it to be. We can pray. And just for a little extra clarity, when we talk about prayer, when we talk about asking, there's really two ways, two categories we put our asking into, our request into. There's prayer for self, right? Give me, I make this request for myself, I need this from you, Lord. And then there's requests for others. If you were to take a guess at how many prayers in the Bible were for an individual and how many prayers were for other people or a group, which ones do you think has more? If you said for other people, for the group, that's the right answer. There are some deep, profound, intimate, personal prayers in Scripture. But the majority of the prayers are for the the, uh, Israelites praying on behalf of the nation, confessing on behalf of the nation. Jesus right here, he didn't say, pray this way, my Father who art in heaven. He said, what? Our Father. Give me my daily bread. Is that what he said? Give us our daily bread. And so you see all these other prayers that I'm part of a whole, and I'm coming to you, God, right now as one of the many voices on behalf of the whole. So when you pray for North Bible Church, you're praying for all of us, right? You pray for your family. You pray for your whole family. And so they're both allowed. They're both good. Pray for yourself and pray for others. And of course, the, the way to pray for others, there's a specific term. It's prayers of intercession. It's one of the most powerful types of prayer that we can pray. Because to intercede means to stand in the gap between two parties and to advocate. And I know a lot of you go, that's, that's my dominant prayer life. I've got a prodigal. Or I've got a sick loved one. 
And so when you ask God on their behalf, you're interceding on their behalf in prayer. 1 Timothy 2.1 says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. That you know when someone is mature in their prayer life, when they pray a lot for other people and intercede well. Intercession. And so we, we, we see that in Scripture. So all that to say, can we ask God? Yes. What do we ask for? Well, we know at least we ask for provision, and pardon, <laughs> and protection. And when we ask, we ask with boldness and confidence, not just for ourselves, but for others. We can intercede with confidence. And so again, what happens then when God doesn't answer the way we want? We'll talk more about that next week. I want to invite the worship team to come up with me. We're going to wrap up this morning. This is, I guess this is kind of the phrase I hope you're grabbing and walking out of here with today, is that God's children should come to him freely and confidently with their requests. When we come to God with prayers of requests and asking, we should come freely and confidently before God to do so. And a little clarity there. Um, if a little boy or girl in my church comes to me and makes a request, I would long to make that happen. But if my child comes to me with me, there's different weight, there's different relationship. When people who don't know the Lord pray, God hears them. But is he going to respond in the same way he will to someone who's his child? And so for us, we've got to realize that there's a unique access that we have to God as our Father. He's not just Almighty God, He's our Heavenly Father. And so my challenge, my invitation to you is that if you're here today, you're online, and you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have a relationship with Christ, He's inviting you to change that relationship through faith. That you would transfer your trust from yourself or from religion or good works or whatever it is to him. And to understand more about the death of Christ for your sins, the resurrection of Jesus for access to heaven and to be in forever relationship with him. And if that's a conversation you'd like to have, we'd love to have that conversation with you. You can fill out a card right next to you, turn that into the boxes or in person. If you're online or if you've got to go, you can send an email to info at North Bible. Just say, we'd like to talk more about our relationship with Christ. Uh, some of us are going to be hanging out afterwards over on the different sides of here uh, taking prayer. If you're like, I want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, we'd love to have that conversation with you. you want to grab a coffee this week? Say like, okay, I, I didn't have time Sunday, but I want to know a little bit more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Let's have coffee. Whatever we can do to help you understand how much God loves you and what he's done for you. And this beautiful, amazing relationship that lasts forever that he's inviting you into. I want to help you cross that bridge. All right. Here's our way we want to wrap up this morning. I want you to think about the burdens of your heart right now. I'm just going to ask you to just bow your head, close your eyes. There's nothing magical about that. I'm just asking you to focus right now. Shut out distractions. What's the burden of your heart? What's a great ask that you have of God? Maybe it's so big you've been hesitant to lay it before him afraid to voice it. Or maybe it's the 10,000th time you've prayed it and you just feel like I'm fatigued, but God says just keep going. Whatever it is, bring an ask 
of your heart before the Lord today. We're going to give you a couple opportunities. We're going to just give you a moment here to pray, talk to the Lord, lay a request before Him. Um, I'm inviting some of our prayer partners to the sides. If, if you just would love someone to intercede with you, to come with them and say, would you please pray with me about this issue in my life, this challenge in my life, or I just, I would love for you to join me in prayer for this loved one and their need. We've got some people on the sides that uh, during this last song and at the end of the service are here to pray with you and step into that gap. And so don't be afraid to do that. So take a minute here and just lay your request before the Lord. In just a moment, we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor. Amen. I love that line. We're standing on His faithfulness, right? We're standing on a faithful God. Could you just say God is faithful? God is faithful. It's so true. How many of you have been encouraging your faith today? How many of you have been encouraged in your prayer today, your prayerfulness? Praise God for that. A couple things before we head out. I, I forgot to mention it in my notes, but I don't want to miss it. In James, it talks about, for those of you who are sick, call for the elders of the church who will pray for you. And so I just want you to know that our elders are available for that. We have elder prayer here at North Bible Church. And so if it comes to a point where like, hey, I've got this procedure, I've got the sickness, um, I've never had elder prayer, hey, just reach out to us, call us at the church, info at North Bible. If you know an elder personally, you can say, hey, I'd like to set up a time. Um, our elders would love to pray for you. It's part of what we do as a church. All right, tonight, uh, we're inviting you back. Tonight's all about bragging on God. We're just going to spend some time just worshiping, celebrating God. Uh, we're wrapping up this book today. Uh, I'm going to invite some people to give some feedback about what God has done in your life the last few weeks as we, as we focused on prayer. And so we're just going to be here tonight uh, to worship, to lift up the Lord. So we invite you back and I uh, hope that uh, you decide to come. All right. God bless you guys. Go in confidence and boldness of your relationship with the Heavenly Father and have an amazing week. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.